Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Alan Winson, and this is Hunkered Down. The following conversation with composer Tim Goplerud was conducted before the COVID-19 pandemic. Thought it might be nice to remember simpler times on this podcast. I spoke with Tim at the Dead Poets Bar on Amsterdam and 82nd Street. I'm Alan Winson, and this is Upper West Side Neighbors. We opened this show with a composition by Tim Goplerud called Dancing Camel with clarinet and electric bass composed and performed by Tim Goplerud. I met Tim at the unbirthday party for Melitza Peranozik, who is a growing force in Harlem's techno music and film scene. Melitza has been on Upper West Side Radio a few times and on our podcast, Bar Crawl Radio. Tim and I talked at the party about classical music and Rolf Schulte's unusual violin bowing. A few days later, Tim shared several of his compositions with me, and I immediately was captured by his music's haunting melodies, complex orchestrations, creativity, and humor. Tim and I are now sitting at the Dead Poet on West 82nd Street and Amsterdam Avenue, and I welcome Tim Goplerud to Upper West Side Neighbors. It's so great we could get together. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. I thought we'd start with where we first met. Yes. At uh, Malika Paranozik's, I'm calling it the unbirthday party. Okay. So how did you first meet Melitza? Well, um, I was working at Juilliard in the IT department, and uh, Melitza was um, uh, teaching electronic music and music production mm-hmm. there, and uh, she had an office, actually. Part, part of her duties was helping students with the technology in the computer lab. And so she had an office that was right off the, right off the lab, and of course that was right uh, where the IT offices were. Right. So, uh, I mean, those were, those were some pretty big decades for mm-hmm. developments in electronic music. I mean, you know, MIDI it was just in its infancy. And, and, and Melitza is really into that. And yes, right. very much. And we're going to yeah. come back to her. Uh, you're, you're, you're working with her now yep. on a project. Or at a film right. festival, and film I like festival. to I like at to get movie. back at, yep. at, at a movie film festival, yep. right? I may be judging. I may be a judge at that, so I don't know. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, she invited me, so yeah. we'll see if she follows yeah. through there. Um, you mentioned before that your Scandinavian background. Where'd you grow up? Well, I was born in Iowa City, uh, from a long line of uh, uh, Norwegian farmers, and you know, very much kind of prairie home companion, uh, you know, Lake Wobegon. So where, where was it that you grew up? I, I, well, I was born in Iowa City, but Iowa we, City. But okay. we very. Uh, my father was born on a farm in Osage, Iowa, and my uh, my mother grew up in a small town, actually uh, a small town next to Garrison Keillor's, wow. in uh, Minnesota. Uh, did you ever listen to that program? Oh, regularly. We we did yeah. too. Yeah. I was sadly disappointed when I heard that he had been, you know, yeah. done some not such nice stuff. But that's 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 for yeah. an, another conversation. Yeah. So you you grew up in a small small town. Well, no, you see, we, we moved away, well, I, I was born at the university, yeah. uh, in the university hospital, my father was getting his, his uh, medical training. He's there. a doctor. He's a doctor, yeah. Right. He, well, he, he was a doctor. Ret- retired, but... Yeah. Um, oh, he's yeah. still around? Yes, he is, thank goodness. Fantastic. Yeah, both That's my wonderful. parents are still with us. Long-lived Scandinavians. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a... It's, it's, a, it's, it's a gift. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. 
Um, but anyway, so, so basically we uh, moved around a bit as he uh, uh, followed his medical training. Mm -hmm. So I, I elementary school years were in Buffalo, okay. uh, which was fortunate. Uh, we were in Williamsville, and, and the, the school music program, public school music program, was fantastic. And you, you got interested in music very early. I, from reading from my your mother bio. played the piano, mm -hmm. and I wanted I, it, it looked like fun, and uh, I, I wanted to do that too. And so, and so, yeah. how did you start? You started with what instrument? A piano. With the piano. Piano. Uh, had a had a European lessons when I was six, and then I got interested in the in the trumpet, mm -hmm. and was and was able to do that in elementary school and uh, in, in that in that school system, and I did that. Uh, until I was uh, about 13, and then I got braces, and that made playing trumpet do that, hard. Okay. So, uh, so you I moved to a different instrument. I played guitar for a bit, uh -huh. and uh, then uh, you know the band teacher had lost me as a trumpet player, but uh, she she needed a bass player, and she knew that um, you know my my left hand could uh, had had some training in dealing with strings, and mm -hmm. and uh, she needed a bass player. So she asked me if I would do it, and I I thought that looked like fun, and. Um, you see, you seem to pick up one instrument after another. Uh, right now, you're studying yeah. the clarinet. You said you yeah. started about five years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, how long does it take you to learn an instrument? Oh my god. To gosh. some degree of proficiency. To some degree. Um, at least a year or two. I mean, that's if, not long. If, if, I mean, if we're going to say, if we're just going to play, play around, play, uh, uh, you know, um, the old, the old gray mare or something. Okay. Or like kids' tunes, but. Uh, uh, you know, but to play it well, it, it takes forever. <laughs> right. And then you, yeah. you went to, um, you uh, studied at Yale. I was at Yale, yeah. You studied music yeah. at Yale. Yeah. And then you studied um, the bass at Juilliard. I, well, I and had... And that's, that's what got you to the, the Northeast. That's right. Well, I mean, we, had, uh, we had moved from Buffalo to, to Virginia, I, mm -hmm. high school in Virginia and Richmond. You really um, did move around. We did move around a bit, but yeah, uh, yeah we. Well, uh, Richmond's been home ever since. Right. So since the seventies. And that's uh, that's it, where you are now. Uh, well, not right well, now. Right now, now we're not the right now. Uh, my my folks are still in Richmond, and I, I just got back from visiting them for Thanksgiving. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That's so. Uh, so anyway, but. Um, and but you studied bass. I studied bass. Double I, bass, I, bass, or is the same thing? I just say bass. I mean, yeah. uh, if you're, double bass is more like you're talking about classical or orchestra. What is the music. difference? Same instrument, string bass, doghouse bass. Um, double bass is just a di bass. different name for it's this. A, it's kind of the more formal term that's used in the classical world. I mean, it, um, it, it refers to the function of the instrument, really. Uh, and you could say string bass. But uh, you know, back in the classical era, era of uh, you know, Mozart and Haydn and Beethoven, I mean, the, the, the string bass was basically playing the same line that the cellos played, but an octave lower. Right. And so that's called doubling, and so then they call it the double bass. Okay. And All that's right. Where they, and but that's it's where the instrument is, is the same. It's just same, the way it's same played. Same physical instrument, bass viol. Yep. Right, right. Yep. But, th but then er, um, while you were at Juilliard, was that when you got interested in composition? Uh, no, I'd already, I'd always kind of done composition on, uh, on my own, mm -hmm. uh, and I got kind of more serious about it in, in high school. I mean, mm -hmm. I started. Oh, you start. You had been composing. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. Was it was yeah. it always the kind of classical stuff that we're going to be here? Well, you you play a lot of different kinds of stuff. I you, do. You're very varied, yeah. eclectic. Well, and what uh, were you writing in high school? Oh, um, short piano pieces. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, faux, faux Brahms, faux Chopin, mm -hmm. um, 
uh, and and jazz. You know, I mean, I I was a huge Miles Davis fan. I was just going to ask, well, who who yeah. were your who were your inspirations? Who did you listen to? Oh, um, well, when I was fourteen or fifteen, you know, Miles Davis, uh, McCoy Tyner. I, I I thought, you know, his Live at Montreux album, I really really moved me. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to do stuff like you know stuff like that. Um, Chick Corea, big. You know, big Chick Corea fan. Uh, I was kind of into the fusion bands at the time. I mean, you know, Mahavishnu. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. But classical music was was an influence, also. I mean, you can yeah. hear it in your. Well, it was always important in my family. You know, I oh. mean, we had tickets to the Buffalo Philharmonic. You know, saw Lucas Foss and Michael Tilson Thomas in his very very young days. I mean, he was in his twenties. Uh, as conductor there, and then uh, we in Richmond. You know, we went to the Richmond Symphony concerts regularly. Um, and uh, you know, and my father um, uh, was a lover of uh, Mahler and Bruckner and opera. The, mm -hmm. the, the opera was always on the radio, mm -hmm. Texaco Opera on the yeah, the Metropolitan broadcasts right. on the Saturdays. Um, so, so, so did you did you work as a musician in your early life, or did you try I to? Did. Well, yeah, I know it, it's it's a tough life. Well, it was a funny thing. Um, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I had I'd taken up the, the bass in high school, and but I figured, you know, I'll just do this while the braces are on, and then I'll go back to trumpet. Mm -hmm. But I'd been playing for you know six months, and it's like I was getting the word had gotten around somehow through the band director or something, and I was getting calls for gigs. Like what kind of gigs? And, like oh, um, playing at a just, country club uh, or yeah, that sort of that uh -huh. sort of thing. Uh, by sixteen, I was subbing with Richmond Symphony. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a, must yeah. have been amazing. It was a fantastic experience. Yeah, you, you know. Did I, you know how amazing it was when you were sixteen, or you just said that's I, what we do? I knew it was pretty it, special. It was, it was pretty well. I I just thought it was a, a very cool experience. And I mean, right. here I am surrounded by the, you know by adults, and these people all play so well. And and you're getting paid to play the bass. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that was pretty neat. So so anyway, so and I, I guess your parents were very supportive of this. Yeah. So, so I didn't go back to the trumpet. I thought this is, this is too good. Yeah. So I, I got to I got to stick with this. Right. Right. So. Is, and is is it is it that experience that led you to Yale and then Juilliard? Yeah, I think. Well, when I was eighteen, I think I, I wanted to be. I think I wanted I wanted to be like a conductor composer. Oh, okay. Um, so I mean, I'd actually studied conducting a bit. I I was a conducting student at the at the. At, at Tanglewood, in the oh, you went in, to Tanglewood in the in the high school program. Okay, at, at Boston University supports. Uh -huh. I was one of their first conducting uh, students, and you know, just to be exposed to the Boston Symphony and uh, uh, for six weeks straight, you know, and just getting to know the right. players and seeing people in action, you know, at, sitting in the rehearsals with Leonard Bernstein. I mean, as a get teenager, out. this oh, is wow. this was big stuff. Did you ever get to talk for to me? Him? Yeah. Well, yeah. can can can, yep. can can you remember any of that, any particular experience you had in talking with Mr. Bernstein? Uh, oh, uh, there was he was always a hero of mine because I used to watch. Yeah. Well, I used to watch the the, the Saturday morning or the mm -hmm. Saturday afternoon children's yes, symphony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, just some of the oh the things that he would say during rehearsal. Uh, I mean, we he was he was in, he was there for uh, a week or two. I was. And um, he was working with the, the, the BMC orchestra, the, you know, the college age kids, and mm -hmm. they were doing uh, Schumann Second, and uh, just the way that he talked to the orchestra, he'd tell the, timpani the timpanist at the end of a movement, you know, make this like a 
the biggest timpani concerto, you know, in the world. I mean, just, just things that you know, very effusive, mm-hmm. and 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 the way that he would inter- interact with the players, that it was always usually he would get what he wanted by by praise or forms of praise. I mean, right. if they were if they had done an effect. He had a particular effect, uh, effect in mind with like La Mer, mm-hmm. and the, one of the Did violin players to move their bone, th- their bows in a particular way, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, that was great. And then the next time they do it, it wasn't so good, and, and it was always no, that's wrong. It wasn't that's wrong. It was, oh, you did it so much better the last. Okay, you know, so um, he he built up so rather than break yeah. down. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and I mean, and he always seemed to me like a nice man. Yeah, like a well, the most enthusiastic. Yeah. Individual, because um, you were you were young at that time. Yeah, well, I was a seventeen-year-old yeah. kid who was just walking around bug-eyed, you know. Yeah. Um, I, so did you did you work as a musician after that, <coughs> or did you go into other? Because well, I know I, I know eventually you you studied at Juilliard, but yeah. then you got back to Juilliard. And we just talked about that. Yeah, but not as a musician. No, no, that was in IT. Yeah. Uh, I had done. Um, I played. Uh, I, I was a freelance bassist for good part of my 20s mm-hmm. um, just doing club dates jazz gigs subbing all, all I, over I, sub, I subbed with the Baltimore Symphony for a while right um, yeah. I played with the Richmond Symphony again Virginia Beach Pops um, an orchestra it was an orchestra in D.C. Um, an orchestrator and an orchestra, an I, orchestra. I, I, yeah. I played bass for it was a chamber orchestra in, in, in Washington mm-hmm. and um, but um, uh but at some point, you you, you I got tired moved of free- out I, of that. I got tired of freelancing. Basically, you know. I mean, it, you know, it, the, the thing about freelancing is it's it's a, first you have to first you have to get the work, right? Then you have to do the work, yeah. then you have to sometimes work to get paid for the work that you already yeah. the work that you did. Yeah. And uh, and meanwhile, when I was at Peabody, I'd done some work in electronic music, and that had given me a background in software, and. Um, uh, and uh, the appeal of a steady paycheck was very yeah. strong. Yeah. And I remember when I got my first uh, office job, and, uh, and you know your pay was direct deposited into your bank account. I thought, oh my god, this it, this is so this much is easier. Yeah. This is so this is so easy. Did you enjoy doing yeah. IT at Juilliard? I did. I did. Yeah. 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 Um, you, you're, in your letter, you said to me, "I went from double base to database." Yeah. I thought that was really clever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to say that. Well. <laughs> You know, I had uh, so many interviews. I, I think job interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, one has. T- it's a it's a big zigzag uh, in the minds of uh, people in human resources, and you have to kind of explain it or justify it. And uh, so I had to come up with a snappy way of so they the get transition. It. Okay, I get it. I mean, it's yeah. it's clear. Did, uh, are you still in um, in the dot com business? Um, I'm doing. Uh, um, uh, database work for uh, for a travel agency uh, on the s- on the side right now. Right, as right. I, I, but I, I mean, I left to spend more time on musical projects. Great, great. Uh, I just you should. I just kind of had this, you know. Now we're never feeling, you know. I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm. I, yeah. I, I better do it now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so let's so, so let's, yeah. let's let's talk about your music okay. and let's listen to some of your music. Okay. You introduced me to your music after I, we met at um, uh, Melitza's unbirthday and. Um, I picked it up and I had no expectations at all. And then I started listening and it's like one mm. after the other. It was luscious. Thank you. Just so listenable. So mm. you fall into it. Um, 
And I like I like to share that with our listeners now. Some some of the music that 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 you have composed. Let's start with Rondo Buffo for oboe, double bass, and chamber orchestra, performed by the Lake Superior Chamber Orchestra. And we'll we'll listen to it and then we'll talk about it. Okay.
Tim, that's wonderful, wonderful stuff. When my bar crawl radio partner and wife, mm-hmm. Rebecca McKean, heard this piece, because I, I said, Becky, come over here, listen to this. Uh, this piece, um, uh, Rondo Buffo. Um, we immediately said sleigh ride. Hmm. Interesting. Can you see that? Yes. Yes. All right. We made, I mean, both of we were at sleigh ride. Yeah. Um, but it's more than that. I mean, I love the piece. Uh, it has uh, it, kind of in the middle of it. It has I, what I I'm calling a drunken string. So it's, it's like a string that kind of comes up to the note, and I know it just it's hmm. playful. Yeah. It has well, it I, has that playful quality to it. Tell us about this piece. First, why is it called Buffo uh, Rondo Buffo? Well, I was thinking of the of the bass as kind of an operatic character, mm-hmm. and in opera, uh, in say Mozart and Rossini, you know, you've got these uh, the comic characters, and mm-hmm. they're called basso buffo. Okay. The you know the the comic bass, mm-hmm. and I th- I just thought that was uh, uh, a, a useful image to keep in mind while I was working on the piece. I mean, I I had gotten this opportunity through uh, Rolf. Erdahl, the bassist, mm-hmm. and Carrie. And we're going to mention his and we'll, name a little and we'll later. Talk yeah. about them later. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 world's only professional uh, oboe bass duo, mm-hmm. as far as we know. Um, but oh, okay. We can talk about it right yeah. now. You, you mentioned okay. it. So so it's um, it's Rolf Erdahl and Rolf Erdahl, yeah, who plays uh, double bass, mm-hmm. and his wife Carrie Vecchion, who plays oboe and English horn. And they ha- and they and they call themselves oboe bass oboe exclamation bass, mark. Exclamation mark. Yeah, right. it's like it's and you go Broadway online musical. and you can see it. Obobase, just one word. Obobase.com. Dot com. Yeah. Right. Check it and, out. Or for that matter, uh, go to YouTube, and they've got a lot of deep, they've got a lot of video of, of these pieces. And they've they've performed yeah. a lot of your pieces, and we're yeah. going to hear some of them yeah. in, in in this program. Yeah. But they, uh, they really got me composing again. When I went into software, I mean, I wound up going to San Francisco mm-hmm. Bay and kind of being in the the dot com a little bit, and I was playing around with. Like blues harmonica of all things, and you're all over the place. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, sort of Toots Thielman style jazz, you know, harmonica. I just was really big into harmonica, uh, but I, I wasn't really writing anything very serious that moment. And then they, uh, you know, they got married, Rolf and Carrie, and uh, and they asked me if I would write some pieces for them to play together mm-hmm. because they're just, just you know, they're at that point there just wasn't that much music for that for, for oboe for and that, bass for that combination. Yeah, but it's it's funny what you write a couple of pieces like that and you realize you, you learn how many um, bassists are married to oboists. And Get out! I, yeah, yeah. There, well, so what? Well, them, so, so what is it? What is that puzzle piece that works together? I don't know. Uh, the That's sound some, is good. Yeah. I don't have an There's a creaminess it's, it's about both instruments. Ah, maybe, maybe you're know. getting somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, why, don't, why, why don't we listen to something? Okay. Uh, with with oboe bass, this next piece uh, you uh, composed. It takes two. Yes. Um, that was the first piece that I wrote for Rolf and Carey. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and the opening melody of this piece, which we're going to listen to now, yeah. it takes two, has haunted my ears since I first listened to it. Hmm. I mean, I just. It's just this thing that runs in your head when you hear it. Yeah. Um, and it's just so lovely. And then you play with it. Yeah. The Juilliard Journal said that It Takes Two is elegantly smoldering. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I like it too. That's, that's, my, fa- that's my favorite. Uh, smoldering. I like yeah. elegantly smoldering. Yes. So let's listen to an excerpt of Tim Goplerud's It Takes Two with Harry Vecchione on the English horn and, and Rolf Erdahl on the double bass. Yeah. Uh, and they're known as Oboe Bass. bass. 
that's just it's just lovely and I'm going to listen to that I'm going to listen to that again I know yeah. this is not the last time I've, yeah. I'm going to listen to that piece uh, and there's more to it than what we played yes. uh, there is a back and forth that goes with that yeah. main melody yeah. and then yeah. you then play with that yeah. um, well that, that was the first that was the first piece I wrote for them I mean they asked me if I would write something and actually I'd started I had finished a more serious piece but it's a, it's a funny phenomenon that when you're writing one piece sometimes another piece starts appearing in the margins mm -hmm. you, know, you just find yourself scribbling in the margins on the paper it's like um, and sometimes that turns into a, a better piece actually so, so that's you, the, you, that's you, the piece you, you should do so you I, haven't I, I started with this sort of more serious piece and then this other idea kept asserting itself and and I, I played them just a bit of it and they said oh no 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 go with that go wow. with that and so that's where it takes two came from um, and then they you know played that at a conference and it went over well and so they asked and it's for called more it and takes two let me guess because it was the two of them the it was oboe the two and the of horn them they're two instruments there it has tango elements into mm -hmm. it in it and there is a conversation so in it too very much a musical conversation yeah. and a um, uh, riffing on that conversation yeah. and that essential melody that, that you start with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and of course, bass players are always anxious to get an opportunity to play the melody right. once in a while. So. Yeah. So I wanted to make them as equal partners as I, as I, as I could. Right, right. And I'm, and, all right, I'm, I'm going on a limb here, mm -hmm. but the bass seems very male in this. Am I am I going too well, far? No, I, I guess I mean like it's hard to imagine how it how it's so low. How would it? How would it be how, otherwise? How would it be otherwise? Yeah. yeah. I mean that is, seems to be the character of the instrument. Wow. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, I think we're we're, we're kind of yeah. coming around to why the oboe and the bass kind of get married. Could be. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. So that's it. Takes two by the oboe bass. So this next piece is called Lost Souls Tango, yes. which when I when I first heard it. Um, it reminded me very much of a silent movie, kind of the quality of a silent movie. And, I, and we'll talk about it afterwards. So let's listen first to Lost Souls Tango, see if listeners, if you can hear what I'm hearing. And this version yeah. is, is for a quartet. It's, um, it, it was originally a piano piece, mm -hmm. but then I arranged it for oboe, uh, oboe guitar, with Carrie Vacchione, guitar, Chris cello, Cachien, yes, and cello, cello Laura Sewell and, and Rolf Erdahl on double bass. On bass yeah. Okay, so let's listen to Lost Souls Tango. Yeah. It's great. Thank you.
Am I right when I hear silent movie refrains here? I mean, what I hear is Rudolph Valentino on the make. Well, and, that, I mean, and that goes with the whole, sort of, with tango, I think. I mean, you know, we, we think of Rudolph Valentino or... Where's the Lost Souls? The image I had in my head actually was of a, it was like a conga line of the damned. Wow. Go heading for the... But happy. Well, resigned. 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 Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess the thing that, that one of the <laughs> things that's so appealing about tango is that it's, it's like it's people having extreme. Emotions. So it's not the Day of the Dead. No, yeah. no, no, no. They're not, they're not zombies. No. Uh, but 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 uh, extreme emotions, but quiet elegance at the same time. You mm-hmm. know, just it's it's contained in in this very um, elegant dancing. You know. Yeah. But with, but, but with a lot of passion, but it's 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 kept under 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 wraps, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, kept under wraps by the form. Yeah, yeah. That tango form. So I was thinking of this kind of line. You know, just they're tangoing their way into the big uh, gate over which hangs the sign that says "Abandoned Hope." All yeah, year, right wow. Year, you know? um, but you're doing it with this beautiful thing that's kind of like pushing yeah. you forward. Yeah, the original title was Kvetching Tango. <gasps> but, um... Kvetching. <laughs> all right, where, all right where, where, but, uh, why, why was that and why'd you change it? Um, well, it was going to be played in Minnesota. Okay. For one thing, and I just... They don't know and, Kvetching and, and, in and Minnesota. That, yeah. Do they know Kvetching? They don't know. That's, uh, that's Brooklyn. Yeah. That's my, that's that, my people. That might be it. I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I like lust. It might be more more relatable to yeah, from the way you're describing it. I think that, I think the the, um, the the title you have is right. Since this is silent movie, maybe now's a good time to talk about your work with uh, Melitza yes. that you're going to be doing for Add a Movie Film Festival, yes. which comes up on December fifteenth. December fifteenth, uh, yes. And it's going to be at um, Gallery MC. That's right. And anyone interested can go to um, Add a Movie uh, Film Festival. Yeah. And you can find it. Just Google it. Addamovie.com. Addamovie.com. A-D-D-A-M-O-V-I-E.com. Okay. And you're working on um, a composition that goes along with a, um, a Chaplin film. That's right. Can we talk yeah, about it's, that? Absolutely. It's a communal composer project. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who are the other people working on it? Oh, uh, well, uh, Ben Ben Harward, mm-hmm. uh, for one, and uh, uh, the... I kind of came in at the last minute, so I don't actually know okay. the, name, right. the names of uh, some of the other people. Uh, but this, but this there are about is four or five of us, and we each have a scene, and then we're going to put that all together, and it's going to be played by a live pianist, uh, you know, not, no, no tape background, but a live player. While the film is, while, the film while Chaplin's film, The Immigrant, the immigrant yes. is being shown. It's yep. a 15-minute, like, double reeler or whatever. Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm. And is it going to have that silent film quality that comes from the period, or are you uh, doing something well, totally my, different? My section will. Okay. Um, and uh, and I heard a little bit of some of the other sections the other night, um, and 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 maybe a little there too. Okay. But uh, we'll see how it comes together. We'll it's still, it's on. still in the process of, of being done. So you're going to hear very fresh music. Mm-hmm. Be- beautiful. I'm I'm so looking forward to. It. I hope she lets me. Uh, be one of the judges. Yeah. Let's listen to, to, to another piece by yours. This next piece you recommended that we include in this program because we're, we're recording this right before Christmas <coughs> and we're kind of in the Christmas season. And you base this composition on um, three French carols. Right. Which ones? Do you remember their names? Oh my goodness. Um, they, are, they were 
tunes that I remembered singing in French class in high school. Oh, uh, we were taught by. And you just remember, you remember the tunes. And I remembered the tunes, and Ed Rolf and Carrie had asked for a. Uh, they had a concert that was coming up around Christmas time, and they asked for something seasonal, and I did this, and. Um, and okay. Then I just wanted to thank uh, Mrs. Jones from high school, French class at Midlothian High School, for teaching us these great songs. Had, had so is, is she still around? Did, did I, you hear she your is, composition? She is. Um, I need to send this to her. You need to. I, yeah. Miss Jones. Yes. Listen up. Mrs. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. Okay. Let's listen to the excerpt from Fantasia on Three French Carols by Tim Goplerud and performed by the oboe bass exclamation point. Yes.
So Mrs. Jones inspired this piece we she just did. we just listened to. Yes. Um, have, have you stayed in contact with her at all? No, but I, I need to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a good... This, this is a good, this good is a opportunity good to do to, that. To do that. Yeah. Okay, we're going to end this sharing of Tim Goplerud's compositions with a bouncy and fun piece <laughs> that the Juilliard Journal described as a mix of rumba and bebop. Oh, good. Yeah, by Tim Goplerud, performed again by oboe bass, yes. and this is called Rumboid yes. for oboe and string bass, and here we go. Okay. Again, delightful. 
Um, tell us about rhomboid. Why is it rhomboid and not rhomba? Rhomba. Uh, well, I thought, you know, it, it was sort of like a rumba, a rumba-ish. Uh-huh. And I wanted to come up with a better way of describing that, so I thought, well, it's kind of rhomboid. Well, yeah. what's the image that's, that, that should be coming in my head? When I hear rhomboid, I'm thinking shape, like a... Yeah, well, so you could think of it as a, as a rumba-shaped object. <laughs> a rumba-shaped <laughs> Okay, so pretty abstract, rhomb- but I like it. Rhombus, rhomboid. Oh, uh, rhombus, uh, right. Yeah, okay. it's from rhombus, and I thought, well, you know. So were you thinking let's, let's of that a, shape? Let's do a little plan. No, that came after the, I was just looking for. You were just playing with I was word. looking for a cute title after I'd already written the piece. Right. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was one of the pieces that actually just wrote itself. I mean, I, I just found myself um, humming it to myself. You know, it just, just kind of came out of nowhere, and so I thought I'd write it down and... I, I, I wanted to ask you about this before we finish up, and that is about um, the, um, the, the, not the craft, but the art of com- composition. And I guess part of that art is the inspiration. Where does it come from? Mm-hmm. So you're just walking and you hear something just, in your just head? tunes just pop into my head sometimes. Yeah. Or sometimes I'm sitting around the house and the household appliances sing to me. The, the, the tones from the... The refrigerator is ma- it, is makes, a, is makes a, a noise sometimes. Is the refrigerator particularly musical in your mind, or is uh, there a particular it, household it appliance it that is. Well, you know, uh, talks the, to The other you. night, uh, there was a rainstorm, and there's an air conditioner that's right um, uh, next to the bed, and, and uh, the raindrops had set up this fantastic cross rhythm that I've... I, I actually got my tape recorder... And, rec- and, rec- and I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to incorporate that in the piece. This is Upper West Side Neighbors, and we're coming to you on Upper West Side Radio. For this hour, we have touched a bit on the wonderful, many wonderful and varied styled music compositions of Tim Goplerud. Um, there's so much more we could play. Please, all you out there in Upper West Side Radio land, please let us know what you think of our programming and Mr. Goplerud's music, and I'll, re- I'll report back to him certainly um, deserves more listening. Really wonderful music. And we're going to go out right now with a bright and fun piece called Jangles for Pennies. Jangles Dances for Pennies. Written and played by Tim Goplerud. You, you written, oh, wrote, no, no. Uh, Jangles, no, that's, that's oboe bass again. That's oboe bass again. That's Rolf and Carrie again. Okay. And, uh, that, and that's based on a, a children's story by uh, Katie Camillo. It's a three-movement piece, and this is the first movement of it, but the, the full title is Vignettes from the Miraculous journey of Edward Tulane which is about a toy rabbit who sees the world Edward Tulane yes so if you look up Edward Tulane and T O U L A N E T U L A N E Tulane like the color Tulane. Okay. yes and we'll, we'll we'll be able to find that book and then your piece uh, Jangle Dances for Pennies yes. can be found on your website yeah. and if you just google Tim Goplerud G O P L E R U D You'll, you'll find this piece. And I thank you, Tim Goplerud, for sharing your music with us. And um, we will talk again. And I'm going to be Thanks. listening to your music. If you do anything, if you can send it to me, I'll even pay I, for it. Oh, <laughs> I, I'd love to. Thank you very much.
Thank you.